from my home to yours, welcome to EMS at Sea Level. Today I am with Marcus Aschenbrunner. Marcus Aschenbrunner from Zona. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Before we get into the questions, can we get a quick introduction to yourself and to Zona for anybody that isn't completely aware of what you do? Of course, Phil. First of all, thanks for the invitation to, to that interview. I really like to chat with you. Uh, we had some chats already on electronics and products each other for a while already. So first of all, to Sonar. Uh, Sonar is a global EMS company with, uh, with 11,000 people, 1.5 billion in uh, euros in revenue, dealing with many different customers in uh, nearly all of the industries and uh, being really uh, in all of the, the important places in the world with own sites and own offices. And uh, my person, so I'm uh, within the company since many years already. I started in Sony in 1992, uh, different roles up to 2014 when I left the company for five years and joined one of them uh, uh, as a board member of an, uh, an OEM company here in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I restarted. And uh, last year in uh, in April, and I'm acting right now as a board member in, in the board also. Okay, and specifically within the board, what are what are your what are your key areas of responsibility? Is it kind of the business side more, or the technology side, or a kind of mixture of everything? So, as you know, uh, Phil, we do have uh, strategic areas in our house. One of them is our automotive area. Another is our components area with mechanics and all that. Those mm -hmm. components. We offer, uh, and uh, the biggest uh, portion of our business is the electronics area, and I'll take over the responsibility for the whole electronics area until the end of this year, because our CEO Johan Weber is uh, going into retirement by the end of the year, and I will take uh, the, the the responsibility over from from him in terms of uh, being responsible for the whole electronics uh, portion of our business. Okay, big boots to fill. Um, your hands got a yeah. substantial so reputation in the industry. So the electronics portion is a big beast in our house. Mm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So exciting times. So first of all, let's let's just explore the whole, um, you know, the last three to four months, the whole experience mm -hmm. you've had with the with the pandemic. Where did it first? Where did it first impact Zona? And um, yeah. And and mm -hmm. how did you how did you deal with that? So the, the first impact that we saw in the in the crisis was, of course, in our our Chinese side. As you know, we have a site in, in Taichung, which is near, near Shanghai. And uh, we have been affected right uh, at Chinese New Year because after mm -hmm. Chinese New Year, we wanted to restart and it wasn't possible because the local government shut down the area. So we had first to work on all the, uh, the governmental things in order to get uh, the permission to restart uh, our facilities, which we, which we got pretty soon. So uh, two weeks after Chinese New Year, we could uh, uh, start uh, again operations there. And uh, by mid of March, uh, we had been back at 100% uh, at of our capacity in China, mm. was, uh, which was uh, needed because uh, we see strong customer demand in our site there. And if I look at the numbers right now. We are we are back to budget right now, so we will we are doing quite well in uh, in China right now. The next side, which uh, or the next area which was affected, was then Europe, and uh, we had to shut down one of our German sites just for a period of two days because mm -hmm. we thought we have an incident there, but it turned out after two days it was a false call, so we could reopen just after two days. Then came the U.S. with the mm -hmm. shutdown. 
Valley, uh, which uh, took us again nearly three weeks until we could reopen the site. We yeah. closed some uh, some essential business there, uh, um, and so we could uh, restart after three weeks there with a reduced number of people. And we had a shutdown in Tunisia and Northern Africa as well for okay. a period of two weeks. Uh, but right now, all the sites are open and uh, we are running at uh, full capacity in all our sites. Okay. Um, what we did, and uh, this is what we did very early after we saw the, the, the development in China, we set up a, a, a global Solna task force team in order to deal with the crisis and, and, right. and bring up ideas, bring up uh, methods in order to, uh, to mitigate the risk that we that we. Okay. What about Costa Rica? What was um, what was the impact there? Uh, Costa Rica had, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the pandemic, not uh, that many uh, that many impact because Costa Rica is a small a small country mm. with uh, four million people and uh, and due to the travel restrictions, so there is no tourism down there right now. There's not that many people coming in from 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 the globe, and so they have a very low. Uh, um, um, number of uh, incidents in the in the country overall, and we had no incident in Costa Rica at all. Okay, that's impressive. We just had on a global basis, Phil. We just had 21 incidents, which wow. is according to 11,000 people that we have in our site globally. Yeah. It's, a, it's a low number, you know. Yeah, it is across the population of that size, and, uh, yeah. and you know, and and that's that's really 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 good news so when we look at the impact there are kind of three areas of the impact that we can divide it into there's a supply chain disruption um, there's a demand disruption and you talk about being in the automotive space that's a sector that's been challenged in terms of demand but obviously healthcare is has gone in entirely the other direction and then the third one is the workplace disruption you know kind of yeah. reorganizing with social distances which mm -hmm. of those which of those was that was the hardest to cope with which had the most impact that's a, that's a good question phil but um, i think all of of all three of those areas that you that you mentioned are important to manage in a crisis like mm -hmm. that um, in terms of the demand signal that we see from customers uh, of course as as everybody does in the industry we have uh, uh, quite a, a, a Substantial um, impact in the automotive industry, in the commercial mm. business, uh, in all the industries which are doing investment goods. This is where we see the the most um, hit in terms of demand, uh, in terms of downturn from from our customer base. Uh, on the other side, of course, you mentioned the, the medical business, which is uh, which is one area which is doing very well. But there is also semiconductor business, which is doing very well in our house. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 through the high-speed computing, 5G network uh, things, uh, and uh, and also the the railway business uh, seems to be very strong, uh, at least with our customers right now. So that's the demand side. Yeah. What we see on the demand side right now is uh, it's very volatile. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the second half of the year, nobody knows exactly, you know, uh, what is what what is showing up, what will happen. So it's a very volatile thing right now, and it's hard to predict. Or the second half of the year, or when the the upswing will come in 2021, 2020. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, uh, that's tough to judge right now. Uh, yeah. On the other side, you mentioned uh, the, the the whole uh, employee side. Uh, 
uh, and uh, the methods uh, being implemented right now with uh, a large number of people working from home, uh, the digital tools in order to set yeah. up the meet with customers, with suppliers, with uh, within uh, the, the company. So that's dramatically changing. Uh, of course, we had incidents as well with, you know, we are near the Czech border. We have uh, 420 employees from the Czech Republic uh, coming yeah. into, into our sites in order to work here. None of them could uh, could leave the Czech Republic, so we had to react there. We, we rented hotels in order that they could stay here in Germany for a few weeks in order to work here. So there were many impacts on, on the employee side. Um, and uh, on the third thing that you mentioned, which is the supply chain, uh, of course, uh, we had an impact there as well. Uh, we we got goods from nine countries uh, we had been, which had been affected by a lockdown. There were mm -hmm. 90,000 EOs which had been affected yeah. <laughs> by crisis. So there was a lot of work to deal with that yeah. issue. As well. And uh, one of the outcomes, in, in my opinion, uh, of all what we saw is really, uh, you know, remember the, the, the 28, 29 yeah. area where we, where we talked a lot about speeding up the signals yeah. in the supply chain. It's still not the way it should be you know until yeah. you get the right signal from the oem side through the whole way until the, to the suppliers it still takes too long uh, yeah there's a lot of a uh, lot of needs for improvement in that area in my opinion. yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things that will uh, will be interesting as as kind of a lesson lesson learned and before we get on to the um, mm -hmm. the kind of post-covid experience the post-pandemic experience what about the actual products that were used mm -hmm. to um, assist in the crisis? PP, things mm -hmm. like PPE, things like ventilators, any of those that Zona were particularly active, actively involved in? Yeah, we have uh, we have three areas where we are heavily involved. We do uh, parts and complete ventilators in our house for some of our customers. So that's a business which is uh, which is growing like hell right now. We have we doubled the demand there in that area. We do test systems uh, for testing uh, COVID-19. Um, okay. So that's uh, an area where we, where we are strong with two of our customers that do systems there and uh, which, which see a very strong demand right now. Um, and of course, we have also have uh, uh, systems in place where we do pulmonary function tests. Uh, that's also something which, is, uh, which has a very strong demand right now. So there's yeah. three areas where we are involved in, uh, in manufacturing yeah. goods to, to deal with the crisis and deal with the, with the virus. Okay, and then as we, as we look at the, the recovery and the business recovery and the, mm -hmm. the kind of industrial and, um, and economic recovery as we, as we move forward, what do you see as the kind of medium and long-term um, outcomes? One of, the, uh, one of the consultants in Germany that uh, I respect a lot had predicted that we'd maybe lose 20% of the EMS companies in Europe over the next 10 years. And he believes because of COVID that will be massively accelerated. So what do you see as that short, medium and, and long-term kind of uh, impact as we, as we move forward? Um, so um, the short term is hard to predict, as I said, because uh, the demand is right, very volatile right now. Of course, there are areas where we for sure know that the industry is suffering for quite a while, which is the uh, commercial aviation industry, for yeah. example. So I'm not expecting any upturn uh, by before the end of 2022. So it, it 
that yeah. would be, in my opinion, the miracle. But there is other areas which are also weak right now, like the automotive industry. But if you divide the automotive industry a little bit into segments, we see on the one side strong demand in the electronic vehicles area mm -hmm. because there is a lot of subsidization right now, especially here in yep. Germany and other countries in the world, which which uh, will increase that demand there. So that that portion is, is doing very well. Of course, the other portion where we do where we have uh, the the uh, the usual cars running, that's that's weak. But I'm pretty sure that that signal will will turn up again once uh, people are employed, especially in the US. 40 million people unemployed right now, you know. Yeah. The economy first has to change until that, yeah. uh, that uh, could go up anyhow. So that will take a while then or not come back. I'm not expecting to uh, come back there in, uh, within this year, next year. Um, and in terms of what that means for the MS industry on the short term, um, I'm, I'm also... I also think that uh, with companies who are very much involved in the suffering industries right now mm. and deal uh, as we could because we are serving many different industries and different yeah. customers, so that, that uh, balances that thing. So if they're not able to balance this with other industries and uh, if the crisis takes longer or is, uh, if a second wave is coming, uh, uh, then uh, there might be um, cases where some of, those, some of those companies will leave, uh, will leave the industry for sure. Uh, if that happens and how strong that happens, that's, that's really hard to predict. Yeah. On the midterm, mid um, um, I'm pretty sure that demand is, will, be, will come back and for me, the semiconductor industry is always a kind of early bird for me. Mm. I look at the business signals that I see there, with despite all the things which are going on right now in semiconductor, so U.S. fighting against China about mm. companies uh, investing in their company mm. and, yeah. and all the things going on. But despite that, I, I see that industry uh, signals of that industry very strong, and that's for me an early bird. So that means, in my opinion, that the electronics industry overall is the right place. To yeah, and will grow so that there is no no doubt about that. So on the midterm and long term view, I I still see a growing uh, EMS industry and the electronics industry. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting when you talk about those um, EMS companies that might suffer in the short term. Perhaps those that are exposed to specific industries, but also those that are maybe you know over leveraged and maybe have got some fundamental issues that. That make it mm -hmm. hard to weather to weather these kind right. of disruptions. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's some there's some value there in scale. You talked earlier a bit about the um, the signals um, along the supply chain, and I think that's really important. I just wanted to touch on the the whole idea. You know, we've been talking for about seven years about Industry 4.0, and I feel like we've <laughs> we've we've talked a little bit too much, and we've maybe done a little bit too little, and maybe this is what that's we're right. learning here. But do you think mm -hmm. that as a result, people are going to actually say, you know, hey, we need to get on with this. We need to, we need to create more agile, more resilience, more, more real-time visibility in our supply chain. We need to consider stronger automation within the facility yeah. so we can move stuff to different locations. So we are, you know, um, able to able to be more protective of our workforce and those kind of things. Um, do you think this is going to be an accelerant to digital transformation? 
I'm pretty sure it will be an accelerant to digital transformation. I thought uh, I thought we we are already further down the road in the industry because of what I learned out of the last few weeks is it still takes too long until demand signals are spread into a supply chain. So that mm. is still too long. It might be um, uh, the reason might be. Uh, the, the low usage of digitalization. Maybe there are some decision processes in order to release forecasts and demand signals, which are too, taking too long. But that's definitely one of my key outcomes out of the crisis, that there needs to be a change there and digitalization will help and will accelerate that process. Mm. Uh, if you look then on the, on the employee side uh, of, of, the, of the business, of course, and when I look in our company, how fast we move people to home office in the last couple of weeks. So that just took days. And there was of the staff out in, in home office. So uh, by using digital tools, you could react and secure the people much faster. Yeah. So that's, that's also a key takeaway for me. And, and it shows that it is the right way to digitalize. Uh, in terms of supply chain, um, I, I already talked about how we had been affected and uh, mm. we, chose, we chose a risk in, in our complete system that we have there. We are, we are relying heavily on some areas in the world and once they are affected or once they make political decisions as, as it happens in China yeah. over the next couple of weeks, uh, that affects the whole supply chain in the world. So there will be some rethinking there as well. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one saying that 100% of that supply chain will move anywhere else in the world because no. that's, that's impossible. Impractical, yeah. No, that's, that's totally impractical. But there will be a rethinking of localization of some of those areas. And mm. I hope that there is also, if I look at the bareboard industry, for example, also rethinking that everyone needs to be in one basket in, in China, yeah. Vietnam, or in, in Southeast Asia. So there will be some rethinking there, I'm pretty sure pretty sure that this will happen yeah and is that reflected in the conversations you're having with your customers and the, you know the brands and oems are they saying hey you know let's make sure we we learn from this and we when we build resilience and supply chain diversity in the future uh, that's one of the things which are discussed right now at least uh, in our house with our customers but also in the supply chain uh, and um, I, I had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks on how can we digitalize the demand signal from customers into our in order to process much faster. So I'm pretty sure that there will some will, will be some significant changes there. Yeah, and some benefits. It's been an interesting time to be. It's been an interesting time to come back into the industry, Marcus. Um, but an interesting time in terms of uh, leadership. And leadership has been hugely hugely important and bringing the team together. How have you managed to do that? You've always been a very kind of integrated team within Zona. Have you managed to maintain that when you've actually had to, you know, send people home, put people up in hotels? Is it about communication? What, what, what are the keys to keeping everybody in one team? Yeah, the first, first of all, the keys are that you have the tools available and that you can use the tools um, uh, effective and, and, and quick in a, a situation like that. And communication is, is one of the key things. You need to properly communicate into the teams, into the, uh, into the whole staff in order that they know what is going on, what is happening, mm. what will be the next couple of weeks, what are the, the measurements to take in order to uh, prevent the company uh, 
eliminate an unsecure situation or something like that. So that's yeah. that's an thing. But on the other uh, side, what I saw, uh, and this is this is very promising for me for the future. When I saw how how fast we could react as a company and how our employee were going down that path, also without questioning or without starting debates, but there is the need to do something to change something. So let's do it. And and yeah. if I look at mood that we have in the company and, and that's that's one of the key takeaways here out of the crisis you know that gives me really a lot of confidence in order that we can also do manage other challenges which, yeah. which can, uh, come up uh, further down the road so that's yeah that was one of the most impressive things to see how how fast a, a company with 11,000 people could react on a, on, a, on, a, on a change like that and how dynamic the employees are, are taking that uh, uh, that challenge and, and and work with it. Yeah, no, I think the team thing's really important. I was talking to somebody else recently and they, they likened it to the the uh, extra time in, in a Champions League match. And there are those people on the team that like really step up and will will go the extra mile. And there are those people mm-hmm. that drop their heads and, uh, you know, fatigue mm-hmm. starts to set in. And mm-hmm. it's, you really get to see what your team looks like when, when they're under right. this kind of pressure in a right. crisis. Right. It's, Mm-hmm. It's great that you're uh, that you're impressed by that, and uh, and and you think they're ready for the next thing. I think that's hugely important. What about you personally, Marcus? You've been stuck at home. You haven't been out schmoozing with uh, customers or at trade shows where we normally see each other. Um, yeah. how, have you, how have you kept sane? Have you been binging Netflix or watching old movies <laughs> or? Uh, I'm, not a Netflix, I, I'm not a Netflix guy, so what I what I what I did a lot of, the, of over the last couple of weeks, and and thanks uh, thanks to the travel restrictions, I was uh, was at home a lot of time, which I mm. normally not used to do. But uh, we are in a beautiful area here. We are in a holiday area. We had no impact in terms of that we couldn't go out of the houses. So what I what I did is a lot of sports. I went a lot out in the, in the in the hills and doing hiking. Nice biking and all that kind of stuff so for me it was an area of a uh, little bit relaxing and and uh, yeah. having to do some sports uh, getting my body again up to a uh, better situation so that uh, i use a lot of time there so i'm, I'm not yeah. a Netflix, uh, or a tv guy no it's good it's great to get outside and actually yeah. i think that whole wellness side of it has been really fascinating and you know it's one mm-hmm. of those times where it would have been great to have shares in Peloton or any of those companies that provide those kind of um, home fitness and home wellness uh, solutions. But I think what's also interesting is people kind of see it as an opportunity. Oh, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to fix something up. So whether it's you fixing your, um, you know, your physique up and getting fit or whether people have put, put new shelves in or reorganized their their garage or whatever. I think a lot of people have um, have taken that opportunity to kind of uh, mm-hmm. do some good things from it. So, last question mm-hmm. before we wrap up, mm-hmm. Marcus. Um, what advice would you give to your peers right now? Uh, you know, we're in a particularly those in the uh, in the European market. We're in a interesting stage. Everything's still a bit unpredictable. What would you say to them? Um, it's hard to give any advice or something like that because the situation in, in the different uh, companies uh, are are different due to different areas that they deal with, industry that they deal with, customers and so on. Yeah. That's hard, but uh, as, I, as I said before, in general, we are in the right spot. So EMS industry is right there where it needs to be. I think that's uh, 
there will be increasing demand, there will be increasing customer projects, uh, interesting customer projects. Of course, there's a change. Uh, there is more digitalization coming. There is more uh, communication in another way showing up, and that's that there's a definite need to. Uh, and, and therefore, I think it's the right time to prepare for that, to get, uh, to get the strategy aligned, to get your digital strategy aligned, to get the systems up and running, to... Mm -hmm. uh, to have a clear vision on how you will deal with that digitalization and automation which will come up. I think that's the homework that every company needs to do right now. It's the right time right now because there's anyhow challenges which changes which come. So that's I think the most important thing to do right now. Yeah. So it's to, holding your nerve. To be prepared for it, the future. Yeah. Hold your nerve yeah. and prepare for the future because right. the uh, the EMS EMS industry is a is a is a good industry to be in. You know, there's going to be demand for that in the future. So yeah. that makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your candor. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. And I look forward to the next time we do that. But in the meantime, thank you very much. And for everybody watching, until next time on EMS at Sea Level, thank you for joining us. <laughs>